Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Sons of God. Now, we're not going to go into the Nephilim or whatever, but we are going to go into, at this time, who are the sons of God and are we to be God? Is the Son of God the same as Jesus Christ, our Savior? He is our elder brother. We are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. But we need to take a good look at Christ and the revelation of Christ, who is the Messiah, which is the Hamashiach, Christos in the Greek, which is our Christ. Christ will be and always has been God. He didn't become God. He is God. We see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them. Now that Christ is spirit, which is the only one spirit of God. Now that spirit is invisible. It is the invisible spirit of God that is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, all-knowing and everywhere and all-powerful. However, there is a doctrine that states that the sons of God will be God, that we will be spirit. And we're going to refute that, and there is a high glory there. Now, in Isaiah, we find in Isaiah 42 that God says, I will share my glory with no one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Yet, Jesus prays in John 17, Father, let them give them the same glory that you've given me. Let them have that same glory. That same glory. And that is in the flesh. Now, how do we know the Spirit of God, whether it is of God or not? Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. 1 John 4, 1 through 4. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God and is that spirit of Antichrist. Well, what is Jesus Christ is come in the flesh? We're not Jesus Christ. But we have his spirit, Christ, in us, the hope of glory. Will we ever be that spirit? We will be adopted sons and daughters. But will, be, will we be the spirit of God? Will, be, will we be God? And the answer there is no. Now, in the millennial, the highest order that we will be as kings and priests unto the Lord our God. It's a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This king priesthood is the Melchizedek priesthood that Paul was trying to tell the church in Hebrews 5, this revelation of Melchizedek, the king priesthood. And it refers to the body of Christ coming into the glory that he has prepared for us, a place that he's prepared for us. And that is kings and priesthood. And we will be kings and priests, and we will reign with the Lord in the millennial in the earth for 1,000 years. But what level of glory is that? When we see that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, He is the Word. 
There's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. They are different titles, functions of that same one spirit. Father's administrative office of the one spirit. The word, that logos, or devar in the Hebrew, is the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God in the expression office of that same spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that spirit. But it's one of the self-same spirit. It's not a different spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He's always been that spirit and always will be the spirit. He is the father of glory. God, in the beginning, created the heaven and the earth. Well, who is that? Colossians 1, 16 and 17 says it's Jesus Christ. Now, he has created all things, whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible and invisible. All things were created by him, Jesus Christ. But he did not have his revealed name yet, Jesus. Because he will not reveal his name until he is manifest. And he's manifest in flesh. He didn't take on him the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of Abraham. And he will not place his name there until he has a permanent, everlasting tabernacle or abode, a house that he will be and put his name there forever. Eternal world without end. The blood name of God, the revealed name of God, of all the name that God is and all of his attributes, there's only one revealed name of God, and that is Jesus. All that God is in his attributes from the loft to the top. In Psalm 119, there are all the attributes of the Spirit of God from the loft to the top. And we see that Jesus claims to be that in Revelation 1.8. He said he is the Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. The Alpha and Omega is the Greek equivalent of the Allah through the Tav. The Hebrew, which is the Hebrew ABCDRE, or the he Hebrew Aleph Bet. And uh, there's 22 letters in that Hebrew ABCDRE. And Jesus is every one of those attributes. In his spirit, he always has been and always will be God. But there was a problem when Adam sinned. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. That servant is the man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Has to be our kinsman redeemer. So in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman made in under the law, not above the law. In other words, an Adam after the fall. That is Jesus Christ, who is that invisible God, now in flesh made visible, the same spirit. He claimed that in John 10, 30, and my father are one. He didn't use the Greek word whom, but heis, H-E-I-S. We are the same spirit. The spirit manifests in flesh. That's a mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifest in the flesh. 
God himself, not a second person of the Godhead. God himself is manifest in the flesh. Jesus is the word. He created all things. He is God. He is the father of glory. He is that spirit. He's always been the Lord and always will be the Lord. And his birth in the city of David, Christ the Lord. Christ is that spirit. Lord is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. But now manifests in flesh. And we see that revelation of Christ in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Peter was given that revelation in Matthew 16. When Jesus asked, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist, some uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter stated that. He said, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter, changed his name. And upon this rock, at revelation of Christ, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind upon earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose upon earth will be loosed in heaven. There, Peter had that revelation. Changed his name from the worldly name Simon Barjona to Peter, Petros, a piece of the rock. That rock is Christ. He tells us there in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, in his epistle, that all the Old Testament, all of them from Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi, all of them prophesied by the Spirit of Christ. That Spirit, God is that Spirit. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. But he goes on and said, when it signified, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. Now God is going to make himself a body of flesh and blood. In Hebrews it says, and the volume of the book is written of me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. God prepared himself a body. We see it also in Philippians 2, 5 through 8. That this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, Morpha, that's an eternal state. The form of God is spirit. That's not the second person of the Godhead. It's God himself. Being in the form of spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. He's putting a self-imposed limitation upon himself because he's not going to work his spirit. That makes, makes void, lay aside his glory, all of the glory. He makes himself of no reputation, not some, no reputation. Emptied out of glory, totally emptied out. In order to do that, it's a self-imposed limitation upon himself because he's got to work salvation only as a man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. We see that in Romans 5. Well, he made himself of no reputation and then took upon him the form of a servant. The form is Morpha. Here again is an eternal state. Morpha of a servant. And... 
that servant was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, who God himself fashioned as a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbles himself, even to the death, the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and every knee is going to bow and confess that. We see it also in Isaiah 43, verse 10. Thus saith the Lord, that's a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is Jehovah, God Almighty, the invisible spirit. Invisible spirit that he's everywhere, omnipresent. He's all-knowing, omniscient, and he's almighty, omnipotent. That's the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the invisible spirit of God, which is invisible. Well, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Now we can see the servant. And the servant is chosen. Now in the worldly aspect, in the natural mind, that would be another person. But not so in the spirit. And we have to believe God, not leaning to our own understanding. If we follow our own heart, and intellectual reasoning, then we will be condemned. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We have to believe God. And God said in Isaiah 43, 10, Thus saith the Lord, that invisible spirit, and my servant whom I have chosen, that's visible, we can see it, that you may know and believe me and understand. God said, Believe me. Don't believe anything man-made. Believe me and understand that I am he. I, the Lord, am he, the servant. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. And that means in all the sons and daughters of God, there will never be another God. Even sons and daughters of God will be exactly that, sons and daughters of God. They will not be God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, but they're not God. They're sons of God, and they have to be obedient to the leading of the Spirit of God in order to be called the sons of God. And we see in... John's epistle, 1 John 3, says, Now are you the sons of God. Now, but it doth not yet appear what we shall be. In other words, uh, we have a little manifestation within the body of Christ, feeling the powers of the world to come and the good word of God. But it hasn't been manifest yet. And that does not, and it says it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he appears, we shall be as he is. Now, how is he going to appear? Well, he appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road as light, the spirit. And it blinded 
all to the point where he was blinded for three days. Ananias had to come to him to be uh, healed and receive his eyesight and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, calling upon the name of the Lord, washing away his sins. Well, that is that great light. God is light. That's that consuming fire. He saw it. And who are thou? Who are you, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, and thou persecutest. Well, he saw him in the light. He saw him as light. But when he comes back, this same Jesus, who you see ascend into heaven, shall also come in like manner. Why? So he can bring many sons and daughters to glory. Now, we will not be God. We will be sons and daughters of God. That's very important. Because God will not share his glory with anyone. That's the reason why. That in heaven, when even when we receive the crown of life, we will cast our crowns before the Lord of glory. Because he is God. He is the Savior. When we see that in Isaiah 43.10, he said, Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall be after me. There will be no other, none other God. Only God himself. It is the Yaqid. That is a revelation in itself of who Jesus is. We find the word was made flesh and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of God. Full of grace and truth. The only begotten son of God in some of the manuscripts is going to say the only begotten God. And others are going to say the only begotten one, the Akid. The Hebrew meaning a sole, unique, solitary, unique, only one. Never be another. Not with brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, whatever the case is. There's only one, unique, solitary. Never will be another. So the Son of God is not God the Son. It's the Son of God, but that's a capital S. God manifest in the flesh. The Word made flesh. He is that Father revealed. Jesus said, you've seen me. You've seen the Father. But the words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me, never to leave. He's the one doing the works. Then therefore believe me for the work's sake, because he's healing the sick, cleansed the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosening dumb tongue, a lame walking captain going free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. Jesus said, the words that I speak are not mine. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. Well, that is in the days of his flesh. When he has made, God himself has made himself of no reputation, the kenosis. And he's laid aside his glory so he can work only as a man. Not as a God-man, but as a man. As a man, as our kinsman redeemer. God sent forth his only son in the fullness of time, what? Made of a woman, made in under the law, not above the law. Galatians 4, verse 4. That is the unique, solitary, only begotten. Monogonase, Huos, is the only begotten son. 
He is the monogamous theos, the only begotten God. We see that in Isaiah 43, 10. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall the after me. He is the only unique, solitary God manifest in the flesh. The only begotten Son of God, the only begotten God, the only begotten one. That is the, um, the monogamous theos, the monogamous theos. He is the sole, unique, only begotten Son of God. And that only begotten is God manifest. How be it? He will bring many sons and daughters unto glory. But the glory that he said, I prepare a place for you. He did that in his flesh. Why? To bring us as high as he could for to bring us to sons and daughters of God through obedience. As many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. But what if we don't obey? Well, we're not God, but through obedience unto righteousness, we can attain to adopted sons and daughters of God. Now we see there in Romans 8, that the whole creation moaneth and groaneth in pain to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. The manifest sons of God are not until we are glorified at the day of the Lord. And not only they, the whole creation, moaning, groaning, groaning in pain to be delivered, but not only they, but we also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, do groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. Now, the word adoption means adoption. We're not God manifest, never will be. We will be adopted, yes, through him, through him being manifest in the flesh, through him being justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, received up into glory. Only through him and by him and in him will we be manifest sons and daughters of God, which have the first fruits of the Spirit do grown within ourselves, waiting for that adoption to wit, which is the redemption of our bodies. And that's the reason why Jesus is coming back in like manner. He left, was ascended into heaven in a body, flesh and bone, as he told uh, uh, Timothy, I'm sorry, uh, when he told uh, uh, Didymus, Thomas, that he said, thrust in your hand and see, for a, a spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. Flesh and bone, yes. Flesh and bone. Now, the blood was already shed, but he was resurrected, a body there, in a glorified body of flesh and bone. And Jesus said, thrust in your hand, Thomas, and believe. And thrust your hands into the nail-scarred hand and into my side. When he did, he said, my Lord and my God, now, we have the Spirit of God, but if you or I bow down to anyone that has the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, 
and we bow down to another believer, we are in idolatry because we are not God. We're sons and daughters of God, but we're not God. We're the body of Christ, but we're not Christ. And anybody that does and sets up some preacher or bishop, apostle, prophet, bows down to them and make them a God, then they will be killed and will not make heaven. God will share his glory with no one. There have been many ministers over the years that have been taken out because God is a jealous God. When you see in Acts 12, Herod Agrippa, and he saw it pleased the Jews uh, that he killed James, and he was going to kill Peter. And as he gives an oration to the people, and the, the people that uh, Herod Agrippa, which is a grandson of Herod the Great, as he was addressing the people, they said, this is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, killed him. Well, somebody said, well, what difference would that make? The people said it. Well, he should have humbled himself. When you receive worship in any way, shape, form, or fashion, you've usurped that authority, and God, who will share his glory with no one, will judge you, and it will be damnation. And immediately, skin worms ate his body. Immediately. I mean, just as they saw him, his flesh rotted right there before him. Skin worms ate that body. That's Herod Agrippa. We have others that over the time have lifted up that are some great one, and it all comes to naught. We cannot say that we will ever be God. We will never be the Spirit of God. He is the only begotten God. He's the only begotten one. He states that in Isaiah 43.10. Before me there was no God for him, neither shall thee after me. See now that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. That's the Yaqid. It's only used only 10 times in the Word of God. Yaqid's soul, solitary, unique one, Abraham. Whenever he took his son, thine only son, Isaac, the Yaqid. He had other sons, but that was the son of promise. Well, Jesus is the Yaqid, the only begotten. Soul, solitary, unique one. Well, what does it mean whenever he says he's praying for the body of Christ, the ones that follow him, to be where he is and see his glory? And that same glory he's praying in John 17 that he had in the days of his flesh give unto them. Well, in Revelation 3.21, he said to them that overcome, you've obeyed the Spirit of God. The word of God is strong in you, and you've, you've overcome the wicked one. There was a place prepared, and he did that in the days of his flesh, the mediator of the covenant. And he said to them that overcome, Revelation 3.21, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That is, I, Jesus, in that flesh, set us at the right hand 
of God in heavenly places. That's where we are, the body of Christ, that he prepared us that place. We see it in Ephesians 1, when he set him at his, Jesus Christ, at his own right hand in heavenly places, what he brought to us word, what he did for us. We're made to set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are the body of the Christ. In the days of his flesh, he was the light of the world, manifest in flesh. There, in that flesh, he suffered. He died. He was buried. He rose again. He was tempted at all points like as we are yet without sin, and God can't be tempted. He made the way for us in the flesh that he was in as our kinsman redeemer. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. And we find that he prayed to God, praying to the Father, because he's emptied out of glory in our stead, our propitiation. Pray to the Father, if this be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Well, he's in the days of his flesh. He's making the way for us who are flesh and blood and there to become children of God, adopted sons and daughters of God. We'll never be God, but we will be in obedience to the Spirit of God, growing up in him in all things, and that in him is what he did and an example in perfection. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. That is the man Christ Jesus. Not through the, not being the Spirit, but doing through the Spirit of God. We do the same thing through the Spirit of God. But then after Jesus was resurrected and glorified, he was glorified with the Father's own self. And that's the reason why in Revelation 3.21, you say that Jesus, you know, we see exactly where we're going. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's what I did in the days of my flesh and my glorification for you as you're bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, but you're not my spirit. <clears throat> we're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And he set a place for us in the heavenly places at his own right hand. An exaltation, dexios. Not literally a physical right hand, a car, but a Greek word dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S, which is an, is an elevation or exaltation, exalted. Well, Jesus said to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. I, I have a place prepared for you. I did it, man, my flesh, and you can, yeah, I, you can sit together with me in my throne. That is Christ in a glorified, the fleshly body that's glorified. That place that we have in him. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, not S-I-T, but S-E-T, set down a state of glory forever settled, even as I overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne, glorified with the Father's own self, back to the glory that he had with the Father before the world was. 
John 17, 5. That's Revelation 3, 21. So he is that spirit. That lamb is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is that God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come. We will never be that God. We will be sons and daughters of God. We will have immortality through him. We will have glorified bodies. We will be manifested sons of God in the day of the Lord. When we hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant, but we will never be God. So don't be deceived. Don't let anyone get you lifted up that you will be God, that you will be the spirit of God. That's not so. Now it does say there in the millennial that those nations, the righteous nations, when Israel will be blessed and all nations uh, during the millennial will be blessed in Israel. And they, uh, the, die, the child will die being 100 years old. And they'll say, oh, but he was a child. He died and he was only 100 years old because we should live to 1,000 years. What Adam could have done and should have done if he had not sinned. Thousand is perfected glory, but he did not. He lived 930 years. Methuselah, 969. Lamech, 777. Uh, Enoch, uh, 65 years. Maget begat Methuselah, and they lived another 300, 365, and God took him. He was not. He was Ain. And that's another message in itself. The seventh from Adam. But we see that in all of that, there has never been anyone that is God, not Melchizedek. He has a descent, not after Aaron or after the priesthood, but his descent is not after that Levitical priesthood. He has a descent. He has a genealogy, but not from Levi, not from Aaron, not from that priesthood. Well, they were called to be kings and priests unto the Lord our God. Not to be God, but to be kings and priests unto the Lord our God. He is the God that we will serve. We are not God and never will be God. We will be called in the millennial, then the righteous nations will walk in the names of their gods, little g-o-d-s, which are Elohim, which are judges, not God, but judges, simply because Jesus said, say ye whom the word of God come, that you are God's judges. We're in the son of man. We're his body, but we're not God. He is God. All those righteous nations will walk in the name of their gods, little G-O-D-S, Elohim. And we, we which are saved and which have been glorified as kings and priests will walk in the name of the Lord, our God. Jesus is that only begotten God. We know that because he's declared to be the son of God, capital S-O-N, by the resurrection from the dead. And therefore, thy throne unto the son. God says to the son, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Even therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. 
That means that Jesus, the man, has gone back, glorified by the Father's own self, and he is that God. But when you capitalize and say, you're sons of God, capital S-O-N, you have missed the mark. You have lifted up yourself to be a deity, not giving God the glory, and he'll share his glory with no one. Somebody said, well, he gave us glory. He said, have the same glory. Yes, the same glory that Jesus had in the days of his flesh. John 17, not as God, but as his emptied out state of glory, as a man, working salvation as a man, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. That is Jesus in the days of his flesh when he had no glory because he emptied out of it, made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6 making a way for us to be saved what Adam would have had if he had not sinned. He would have been the federal head of the body of Christ. God himself would have made Adam the head having replenished the earth and subduing it, but he did not subdue it. He fell. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall the servant make many righteous. And that is Jesus himself that did it as a man in our stead and as our kinsman redeemer. That's the highest we will go. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, that's the throne that he prepared for us in a body of flesh and bone. We will never be God. Don't lose your salvation over that. There's some that will say in Revelation 1 verse 4, John, capital J-O-H-N. They said, well, they think John the divine, that he is now God. No, he's not. John there capitalized does not mean anything. It means, simply means Babylon, just like Babylon the great, the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth, they're all capitalized in bold print. Is not God. But it's emphasizing that John being the body of Christ that we see in Revelation, the 10th chapter. John took the book out of the angel's hand, ate all of it, sweet to his mouth as honey, bitter to his belly, and then said, John, you must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That's the body of Christ. And that shows us that we are called in that spirit of John and the spirit of Elijah. We are not, and we are not God. It's in the spirit of Elijah, in the spirit of Moses, in what their anointing was through the Holy Ghost, what we will do through Christ in us, not that we are Christ. So that's very, very important that we do not take and usurp authority, usurp, usurp the glory of God, thing that we are God. That's a very drastic mistake that'll cost you your salvation. Well, if you have any questions, please uh, write to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to work with you in the ministry. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us over the websites. That's sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings. 
whereby we're able to keep the podcast coming over the air to you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.